Friday in the North Shore Drive podcast, and we have to talk a lot about a lot. We now have have had a chance to talk to Eddie Faulkner, the Steelers' new offensive coordinator, since he's been hired to or promoted, excuse me, to replace Matt Canada. We'll talk about that. What's real expectations for the offense? We'll get to a question on the Acrisure fan advantage and get you ready for Steelers Bengals right here on the Pittsburgh Post Gazette's North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Brian Batko, let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Brian Batko. You can find all our written work at post-gazette.com. You can listen to us here or watch us here on the North Shore Drive Podcast, on your favorite podcasting app, or on your, on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel to get all of the daily content that comes out from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette at Post-Gazette Sports, as well as our Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and sometimes Saturdays episodes of the North Shore Drive Podcast. This Saturday, we'll have Ben Baby from ESPN breaking down expert his expert side of what's been going on with the Bengals and their backup quarterback but today we have to talk with Brian here about the Steelers situation but for a reminder as always this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar the best bar in all of Pittsburgh get down to the North Shore across the street from Pansy Park on Federal Street you can get, go to a place that has over 20 televisions to watch all the sports action you can you can uh, you can look and want to watch on a weekend and then you can try one of their 500 different available beers 300 of those beers being local and 80 of those local beers being available on tap more on Mike's Beer Bar later Brian we, you guys had a chance to kind of get a sense of Eddie Faulkner and how what he's been like taking on this new role of being the offensive coordinator, Mike Sullivan being the offensive play caller. But I, I think that people kind of have started to understand that like there's a there's a duality in their roles here as far as organizing the offense and calling the offense. But with that duality, what is to be expected realistically to be different? For the Steelers' offense, because Mike Tomlin talked about, hey, we're results, we're result oriented. We want to, we want to just, we want to see more points. That's what has to happen. But can that be expected when you have two guys kind of doing the job of one man before? The duality of man isn't that like a philosophy or psychology thing? I actually don't really know exactly what that means. Maybe I will Google that. But right now, yeah, it comes down to. Uh, the the fall of an arrangement here for the Steelers offense or Salkner arrangement if the offense plays to the point that people are sulking again after the game. Fall of in will be if they're good. Salkner will be if they're bad. You know, Faulkner talked about it uh, Thursday on Thanksgiving uh, before practice that, you know, he appreciates this opportunity and, you know, obviously he's going to do the best job he can, but Mike Sullivan's very involved too. And the relationship that Kenny Pickett has with Sullivan is a big reason why this is the the way the workflow is for them right now. I mean, they're, they're very close. They already engage a lot during games on the sideline and both of them will be on the sideline. I, I know there were some people wondering about that. I hmm. kind of figured it was a no brainer that they would be because that's already how they operate. And Matt Canada was already down there and they were already working with offensive assistant Glenn Thomas kind of being the uh, the man in Canada's old seat in the coach's booth. So status quo there. And, you know, I think this will be um, it'll be interesting from the standpoint of just how does Kenny Pickett respond? I mean, he said himself Wednesday that they're not making any wholesale changes to the offense in late November. That's just not realistic to do 
for them or any NFL team. The playbook's installed. Um, they they operate a certain way that they're comfortable with as far as language, verbiage. But I just think from a human nature perspective, is this going to be a little bit like when your, your substitute teacher comes in and just there's a different feel among the class, right? Maybe you can do better right. work that way um, when your normal teacher's on on a hiatus or in, in this case, not coming back, but um, just the, the vibe of, and I will say like, I wasn't there on Thanksgiving. I was off. Ray Fittipaldo went down and worked the holiday, but being there Wednesday before and, and after practice in the locker room and even in the indoor facility as they, as they had their first practice post Canada, maybe this is just uh, self-fulfilling prophecy, but I thought it was a lighter mood around the room. I thought there was a little bit of maybe a weight, lifted at the very least you know players probably um feel a little bit like now I don't have to answer questions about our confidence in our offensive coordinator questions may come in now about the confidence in their quarterback but that's another issue so um you know I, it's just going to be uh, to me I'll be watching closely to see if I can get a sense of Sunday in the jungle as Mike Tomlin called it is Kenny Pickett playing more loose more free is he taking more shots does he feel like that collar is a little bit uh, more relaxed uh, around his neck, if you will. Uh, that, that to me, is kind of the biggest area in which things could tangibly improve with the new setup of the offensive coaching staff. So back to the duality of man point, it just simply means that men can be either good or evil. So mm. in this duality of man... Well, that's a little heavy for this topic, but... Right. So let's let's forget about good and evil. Let's forget about good and bad as an offense. So yeah. okay, I th- you and I agreed to this before before the show. If... If Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner get this offense going, we are now going to call them Fullivan because together they make one offensive coordinator. And Fullivan, I feel like they're doing they're doing well. But it's a more it's a more positive connotation, maybe. Exactly. Just sounds a little bit a little bit better there. If they're doing bad though, they're Sulkner. And yes. that's the kind of offensive coordinator they combine to be in that situation. There, there's been no shortage of George Pickens and Deontay Johnson sulking on the sideline. I can tell you that much. Um, and there would be a lot what? more. It continues. Maybe that, yeah, I was going to say, but maybe on the flip side, the duality of the Steelers offense, if they do figure it out and even if they don't like explode points wise Sunday and since he, maybe there's just better body language all around. Maybe just the, the mood is, is up a little bit because now I think in retrospect and, and, you know, we've, we, I think I talked about this on the emergency show Tuesday with Adam Bittner that. Now I think we can clearly say in retrospect, before that Thursday night game, when we heard from Jerry Dulac and company that Canada was going to move from the press box to the sideline, that was not a, hey, kumbaya, let's get this thing going. That was a, you come down here, stand next to me, and yeah. be, a, be a part of this failing thing if, if that's what's happening. That was the beginning of the end, rather than Tomlin trying to... Uh, you know, get through the rest of this season or feeling really optimistic about the way that that was going to go down, I think. Yeah, but I think it it signifies what needs to be changed here because this is not this is not a situation where the Steelers, I think, are in um are in a, are in a position where they're saying like, oh, man, the whole system is rotten and there's no opportunities anywhere. Again, we look at, you look at the all 22, you look at the, there's plays to be made in this offense. If, if, again, if there's a play where, where Kenny Pickett, if he just throws it to a wide open Deontay Johnson in the red zone or over the middle part of the field, running an easy slant uncovered, 
it's a touchdown. They probably win that game, and we're not even talking about this stuff right now. What needs to change in the offense, like you said, are things that things that are leading to necessarily "quote unquote" the vibes. You know, you're finding ways to get guys to just get their head out of the gutter, focus on what's in front of them, and take what's there. Specifically, Kenny Pickett, but also making sure that across the board, people feel more confident about the game plan going in. People can embrace embrace what they're doing. I think that is what they're saying. It's like, hey, we need to take something up because we're calling plays that should be yielding a lot more yards than they are, and people just aren't doing their jobs for reasons that don't make any sense. And that's been a problem all year long. Yeah. I mean, when the quarterback's not doing his job, that's, that's obviously the biggest problem you're going to have. And the million dollar question right now with what you just mentioned there, Chris, I mean, is Kenny, is he not ripping it on those throws because he's not seeing it? I mean, he said Wednesday, he feels like his eyes are good. He just needs to connect. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um... You know, the film might not back that up, but I will give him the benefit of the doubt to this extent. Is he not ripping those throws because he feels like, hey, my offensive coordinator is is going to be on me if I miss this or if something bad happens, ball gets tipped, guy drops it and we get picked off, you know, or if, uh, an even bigger worry would be if my head coach doesn't want me taking these chances, um, then, then what's going to happen to my job security if I do that? So, I mean, it... It's still hard to say for me how much of the offense offensive woes are Mike Tomlin philosophy driven, if that makes sense, versus the more granular issues of Kenny Pickett needs to throw with more timing. Kenny Pickett needs to see the field better. Kenny Pickett needs to be on the same page with his wide receivers the way that he was not in Cleveland. And I, this is the last thing I'll say on the Canada piece of this. I think it was our uh, our buddy Jim Wexel, who covers the Steelers with us as well, who had a tweet that, okay, Deontay Johnson and Kenny Pickett aren't on the same page when it comes to uh, routes and what a guy should run on versus press coverage and when he should run a go, when he should run a back shoulder. That is like the very definition of coordinating an offense is getting the QB and his pass catchers on the same page. So, you know, regardless of whose fault it was on the field, that is pretty much that was pretty much Canada's entire uh job description in a nutshell and they they weren't doing well enough at that and everybody around has admitted it to this point uh they didn't you know they didn't put it all on Canada but when you don't produce something something major needs to happen and it did and that's where that's where I go back to. I think that's where it's about Eddie Faulkner organizing how they're operating throughout the week and preparing for opponents. Because when a play is called and the guy's not seen there, you either have the quarterback's just completely inept. I don't think Kenny Pickett is. I've seen him make plenty of good throws uh, in his time with the Steelers. Uh, but it then goes back to: Are you preparing to see the right things at the right time? Are you are you feeling organized going in going into the game? And that's where I think that. Matt Canada was falling short. Everyone kept talking about play calls, but when play calls are there and there's open receivers, there's other reasons. Sometimes it's executions, and most of the time it is execution, but then it leads into what are you preparing them to look at to execute the right way? And that's certainly what we'll be looking at here. But we have a question on the situation of the, co- co- of the coordinators and, the, and there. We'll get to that 
on the Acrisure Fan Advantage on the other side of this break here in the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Brian Batko. But first, before we do anything else, I want to remind you this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. When you go to Mike's Beer Bar, you can be sure that right, right across the street from PNC Park, they have over 20 televisions, whether you're there to watch NFL action, college football, NHL, uh, college basketball, NBA, Premier League soccer, whatever you want to watch. Mike's Beer Bar has can get you on the get you know, get it on the TV. They even have Duquesne women's basketball there sometimes if you're if you're if you're if you're so inclined. So tune in for for that there. And when you're there, you can try one of their 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers being local, 80 of those local beers being available on tap at any point in time. And they're switching up new ones to get all new options every single week. So try those new options at Mike's Beer Bar. And when you get there, be sure to also try the steak on a stone meal because when you do, you're going to see that they have amazing meal options as well. When you try steak on a stone, you get your choice cut of steak brought to you on a heated stone so that every piece that you cut off, you press into that heated stone and you get to choose how well you want done every single bite of your steak. It's an amazing time. Go to Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. When you get there, tell them, Eric's Chris sent you. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We switched to the Acrisure Fan Advantage. We're all season long. We're giving you the in, the inside scoop on what's get going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We get your burning questions here to Brian Batko on our Friday episodes. And then, of course, we also do the day before the game, we talk with an opponent expert tomorrow. That'll be with Ben Baby from ESPN who covers the Bengals. It's a great conversation about what they're going through with their backup quarterback. But let's talk about a question here from Teddy. Who sent, an, who, sent, who sent us a question from the Acrisure Fan Advantage. By the way, you can do so at acrisure.com slash fan advantage for more information. Check check that website and uh, submit your questions today. But Teddy asked this question. Now that it looks like the Steelers will have a running back coach to be the offensive coordinator and a quarterback coach to be the play caller, is this why head coach Mike Tomlin needs to go? He just can't get around to hiring decent coordinators. Why do the Steelers permit that? Brian, why do the Steelers permit that? Well, I, I wanted to build off this question, and I did answer Teddy's uh, question in my mailbag this week, too, the written one, and he's a frequent emailer, so thank you, Teddy. Sometimes happy, sometimes mad, as most of our listeners and, and readers are, but uh, in this case, I, I wanted to riff on this a bit because when it comes to the, the 2024 Steelers offensive coordinator, I think a, a, a thing that's getting missed a little bit here is this organization this franchise from Mike Tomlin up to Omar Khan Art Rooney the second and everybody else involved in these high-level decisions they in my opinion they need to hire a staff and a plan more than they need to hire a coach and a man if if you catch my drift there like they no I get you it's not as simple as we're gonna go get QB coach X from team Y with a good offense and turn it over to him and boom, Kenny Pickett's going to look like the man and we're going to be scoring 30 points a game and, and we're going to be com- contending for the Super Bowl again. That'd be nice if you can do that, but guess mm-hmm. what? Anybody you hire next year to be your offensive coordinator, there's going to be a reason why he was available to be that hire to you. Right. Maybe it's somebody who's an up and comer, but he doesn't have play calling experience in the NFL, just hasn't done it yet, doesn't have that experience. Maybe it's going to be somebody who's done it and either failed or at least didn't do well enough to keep his job. So 
my point is whoever you get in that chair to replace Matt Canada, it's he's going to have strengths. He's going to have weaknesses. So I want to see the Steelers a year, uh, you know, next season build on your staff, get basically get with the modern NFL. Frankly, I mean, you see the, some of the best offensive teams, they've got a robust staff. They have an offensive coordinator, but they also have a QB coach and maybe an assistant QB coach, maybe a passing game coordinator, maybe a passing game specialist, maybe an assistant a senior offensive assistant who's been there and, and done it, even though he's not going to be the OC in title. Like these are the steps that the Steelers need to take. And this isn't anything new. We've talked about this. Many people have talked about this on the North shore drive podcast over the last few years. The Steelers have one of the smallest staffs, the Steelers, mm-hmm. one of these teams that employ a whole bunch of people to do a whole bunch of things. And Mike Tomlin has spoken about that. And his answer essentially boils down to, Sometimes you can have too many voices, too many cooks in the kitchen, and that's not necessarily good for business. Well, what has that gotten you on the offensive side of the football over these last four years? Um, you know, that's that's the biggest thing to me. And that, that doesn't that could even apply to Eddie Faulkner and or Mike Sullivan. I mean, I, that that doesn't mean this isn't an audition for them. I think it is to an extent, but, you know, probably going to have to do really well. Uh, to keep them from hiring somebody who's got a little bit more of a track record and a resume. At least that's what I would think after how much of a debacle the Canada experiment was. Um, and it's going to be a it's going to be a very intriguing um, just two sides of the coin there because they're going to be people saying, hey, get a rising up and comer who other teams covet. Maybe he uses this as a stepping stone to a head coaching job. But that'd be the second offensive coordinator in a row who feasibly did not have NFL play calling experience. We saw how it went with Canada. So there are going to be others who say, whatever you do, get somebody who's done this before and has some tangible results that you can lean on in this league, unlike Canada. No easy answer. That's why I come back to, you can't just hire one person and expect that he's going to make all the difference. Build around that person. Maybe Faulkner, if he does a good job, maybe he gets a run game coordinator title or something like that, along with his running back's coach or maybe you bring in maybe things continue to go south this year and whoever you bring in uh, they they hire their own staff they get people who they think are very good at what they do and don't put a limit on one who Mike Tomlin can get and two how that new offensive coordinator is able to surround himself with good offensive minds who bring different things to the table I I do think that that's a um that's certainly part of the conversation here is do they need to change the structure of how they coach they coach on offense um to to not just encompass positions but also encompass the, the plan of attack because that, that that hasn't been the thing there but I also think it co- does come down to how well are you teaching the offense like how, how well do they do, do, do the offense understand what they're trying to do plan and play out because like for example Todd Haley came into the offense in the early 2010s, and he was able to teach Ben Roethlisberger how to get the ball out a lot faster. Up, up, up when when he was being coached by Bruce Arians, Ben Roethlisberger would hold on to the ball 
for a very long time. He was one of the most sacked and hit quarterbacks in the NFL. And a lot of people wondered if that could last, if he was going to be done by like 2014 at the rate that he, at the rate he was going. It took a little bit for it to sink in, but when Todd Haley did get it, Ben Roethlisberger's release was so much quicker. He was making quicker decisions, understanding defenses better. And that led to him expanding his career until the, up until 2021, seven years beyond where some people thought he'd be able to go at that rate. And I think it's because Todd Haley had been, had been a coordinator, had been a head coach, knew better how to talk to players and I think, and how to teach, hey, this is the confidence that we want. This is how, what we're going to approach here. And uh, I think that that does come back to with what they need the or, the offense to be organized like. Maybe Eddie Faulkner will be promoted from within. Who knows? But that will only happen if the offense, I think, resonates with what's happening here. And we see a really big boost, not even a mild boost, but a big boost in the offense here. If and that goes back to my point again, if he does. Okay, then go get somebody who's a pass game specialist. Eddie right. Faulkner is a running backs coach by trade. Right. Go get somebody who's going to install some of these more matter, modern NFL passing concepts that are mm -hmm. detailed, layered, essentially just what we haven't seen from the last few years when plenty of people who really have no skin in the game either have said Matt Canada's system just looks entirely too simple and basic and amateurish than what we've seen from some other NFL offenses. And one thing that I, that we saw that was very interesting, I think this goes back to what we're talking about here. Um, uh, a friend of mine, Peter Bukowski, he does the Locked On Packers um, uh, uh, podcast, and I, I work with the Locked On Podcast Network, and he, on, he had on a former a former tight end, Jay I was going to bring this up too, but I'm glad you're, I'm, you're, glad you're addressing it. Yeah, so Jay Sternberger was a was a was a was a tight end for the Packers. He was drafted by them. He was cut after two seasons. Then he came to training camp with the Steelers and worked with them going into uh, last year. And he went on the podcast and he was like, "When I was with Matt Lafleur, we knew exactly what we were doing." It was like, he's like, "We had options for every play. It was organized. It was thought out." When I was with Matt Canada, he said it was it was like day and ten years ago when you talk about the difference. In how and how these guys conducted their their offenses, and it wasn't necessarily that plays didn't you know get guys to, to open spots. It was that he just felt like the difference in how they were being taught was just so completely backwards. And again, that goes back to what we're talking about here: is Eddie Faulkner may be able to set the tone of the offense and be like, "Hey, this is what we're focusing on. We like these play calls. We like these things." But are you letting the daylight in? Is that what you're doing over there with the with the sun with the sun there? Because uh, it looks like the like Brian's hoping open a window. But Eddie Faulkner can do that. But if you don't have a guy who can at least engineer, you know, draw up some of those passing concepts that we're talking about and infuse that into the offense, it won't matter what how how well you're organized. And I think that's to your point there. That's what they need right now. Yeah, and you can look at it from this angle too. Hey, if you're gonna go in and bring in a quote unquote like nerd offensive coordinator somebody who's mostly been behind the scenes and uh drawing up stuff on on whiteboards or working on tablets or whatever and is maybe a more newfangled play caller then surround him maybe with somebody who is more relatable to the players who's a former player who's been in in those shoes so that to me is just the the biggest piece of this i mean right now it it, it also speaks to the predicament that they're in where they do have to divide up the play calling duties and coordinating duties, because let's just face it, uh, nothing against Sullivan and Faulkner, but they're not guys who have a, a long track record of NFL offensive coordinator experience. I know Sullivan's done it. It's been a long time. They just didn't really have a, a good plan B on this staff. And part of that is because I think Matt Canada and his assistant coaches were largely people he was comfortable and familiar with. So 
Um, I don't know that he was challenged at all this offseason with bringing people in from the outside. I think that was another mistake that the Steelers made, even once they did decide to run it back with Canada because of the success they had in the second half of last season and the continuity, stability involved with that. Certainly. Thank you, Teddy, Teddy W., for your questions. Teddy hits me up with a lot of questions about Pitt, too. So he's uh, one of our frequenters here at the Pittsburgh Post. That, but you can see all those, right? I think so. Yes. Yes. I believe. I believe so we're so. Going, going down to his neck of the woods this this weekend. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that, but but absolutely. But anyways, you can all you can all submit your questions to Akers to Akersher.com slash fan advantage and to, to get your questions in when we're doing the Akersher fan advantage every every week, every Friday, but uh leading into the game when we talk we talk with Brian here about what the Steelers are looking at, what's what are some insider questions, and then of course when we do our our uh, expert expert opponent experts on uh, the day before the games again we got ben baby from espn it's an enlightening conversation on what the bengals are looking like right now with their backup quarterback and why things might be a little bit different than the situation the browns were going through last week when the steelers lost to their backup quarterback but let's get to this matchup what we see the keys here in this game we'll do it the other side of the break here on the north shore drive podcast Chris Carter, Brian Backup. But first, I want to remind you, this show is also brought to you by Savinas, Kane, and Gallucci. They're mesothelioma and asbestos lawyers with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation at Savinas, Kane, and Gallucci. We're also brought to you by GameTime.co, where buying tickets for your favorite events shouldn't be stressful because GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. If you ever want to buy tickets, you go to GameTime. You can download it as an app right to your phone or go to their website, GameTime.co. You'll find the, you'll find the best seats that you can. They'll show you not only what the seats cost, but also what the seats look like, what, what the view is from those seats when you're getting them so you know you're getting the right value for what you're paying for. And it allows you to book tickets up to the last minute or even up to an hour after the event starts so that if you're running late to the event and you're trying to find tickets on the street, don't go there. Go to game time. You'll get the better deals. You'll see what your tickets are, and, you'll, and you're promised to get exactly what you're paying for. That's where game time comes in, and they have a best price guarantee that can't be beat. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less somewhere else, game time credits you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game to Matt, create an account, and use code PITTPIT for $20 off your first purchase or go to their website, gametime.co. Term and conditions apply, create an account, and redeem code PITTPIT for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're here with Brian Batko uh, going going over this big matchup with the Bengals here. Brian, this is a Bengals team that they're also having a backup quarterback as Joe Burrow is now out for the season and Jake Browning. But I think this is a very different situation than what they were going up with the, against the Browns. The Browns were in a position where I thought with a backup quarterback, they could actually play the kind of ball that fits more of their style because now they are very much more like the Pittsburgh Steelers than than, than people realize because they had a defense that's aggressive that likes to create turnovers that plays tough against the run they have an offensive line that right now it's better than the Steelers and 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 they can run the ball and so they needed a, a young quarterback who could just be told hey don't turn the ball over and we have a we have a coin flip of a chance to win this game and that's exactly what happened and I think that that's what the Steelers have kind of been playing to for a while right now the Bengals they they might have a similar plan for Jake Browning but they're not built the same way they they have the 31st best rushing defense in the NFL so they're next to last in stopping the run they are uh, an offense that their offensive line has not been good this year they've been getting, they got Joe Burrow in a lot of trouble all, all season long i think Joe Burrow he deals with it very well uh granted this is now the second season he's been knocked out halfway through uh in his in his short time in the NF in the NFL and that's something that should be concerning uh, but 
I look at this as like this because this could be a much different kind of storm the Steelers have to deal with when it comes to facing a team with a quarterback that you might not have a lot of tape on in the NFL. Yeah, I mean it's it's as simple as I think the the Bengals are built around Joe Burrow far more than the Browns were built around Deshaun Watson, which is right. Kind of wild to say because of the contract that Cleveland gave him, but I digress. That is a that is an issue and a subject for another day in another city, to be honest. So when it comes to this Browns team, I mean they they do still have some plenty of ways to beat you. It's just going to be a matter of can can Browning do enough to you know be elevated by his supporting cast. I mean Joe Mixon has scored in four straight games, I believe. He's gone over 100 yards from scrimmage in two of those, so he still has some juice at this point in his career. Even just scheme-wise, I mean, last year, if you remember at Akershire Stadium in that second Steelers-Bengals game, Mixon got dinged up early, and it was Samaj P. Ryan who came in and ran all over the Steelers, caught passes all over mm-hmm. the Steelers, ran after mm-hmm. catch all over the Steelers. So, I mean, you can't, can't sleep on that. Uh, you still can't sleep on... Jamar Chase, clearly Browning, this JB won't be able to get him the ball as well as the other JB, but Chase can take the top off. He's been hit or miss so far this season. T T Higgins looks like he's trending toward a return. I'll be curious to see if Joey Porter Jr. follows Chase around or if they just kind of keep him on one side and say Higgins is a problem too. Um, We need Porter's length against either one of them, but uh, Tyler Boyd, He's played well against the Steelers in the past. He's, he does have four drops already this season, uh, so that's unlike him. But, you know, he's always licking his chops when he plays his hometown team. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how much Browning is able to get the ball to those playmakers. I think that this Bengals team is is in a little bit of a similar spot as far as they, they've got extra rest after playing that Thursday night game. I think the the home crowd is going to be pretty fired up to support them in a tough situation here. Browning's first start in place of Burrow, but they know they're still in the playoff hunt in the AFC. And I think they're going to bring the energy for a young guy who's inexperienced and is potentially overwhelmed and overmatched at times by the Steelers defense. I mean, let's face it, the times that the Steelers have have done well against the Bengals, it's because they're getting pressure on Joe Burrow and forcing him to make bad decisions. They have to do that in this game. It comes down to, like you said, stopping Joe Mixon, stopping the run game, making sure that there aren't easy passes to the running backs. I think the Steelers linebacker situation might be improved compared to what they were last year, even with all the injuries they sustained. Uh, Landon Roberts is going to be a big factor in that as well. But to your point about the Bengals and the uh, the dire of their the direness of their situation. They're five and five right now. If they fall to five and six, they don't have an easy path moving forward. They play the Jaguars the week after that. They play the Steelers in Pittsburgh a few weeks after that. Then they finish with the Chiefs and the in the Browns. The Browns, even when the, the they're not good, they're a problem for the Bengals historically. Um, they could be in a position where they this is fighting for their playoff lives this week. And so I do agree that I think the Bengals crowd, they're gonna be there because I think there's a sense that this is the this is the last line of defense. They've lost two straight games to the Texans and the Ravens. If they lose three to the Steelers, they could very well be looking at four straight losses there. And then all of a sudden they're sitting at five and seven and then they're and they still have three crazy games at the at the end of the season to have to consider. So um, I, I do agree that there's that, that, that could be a situation there. But to me, this comes down to the Steelers actually playing their style of football that they that they keep talking about. They want to they want to stop the run. They want to get after the quarterback. They want to force them to make mistakes. These are two teams that going into this game. 
They're the best turnover teams in football. The Steelers have a plus yep. 11 tur- a turnover advantage, uh, and the, the Bengals have a plus 10 turnover differential. So these are two teams that have been good at protecting the ball and good at creating turnovers this season. That's going to be a big part of this game, and it's going to be, a, I think, a lot about can the Steelers protect Kenny Pickett? He hasn't thrown an interception in six games. That's been impressive. But he also has to throw a touchdown at some point in this game. He's only thrown one touchdown in those six games. That's going to be a problem. But if they can keep the turnovers off on their end and actually create some turnovers on the other side while getting a little bit of production of the passing offense, I think the Steelers' run game can do a lot more damage against the Bengals' defense than it did against a Browns' defense, which is, by the way, pretty good of a run defense, but still yielded the most yards it had all season with 170-plus against the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, until that game last weekend in Cleveland, uh, the last time the Steelers did not turn the ball over and lost was the second Bengals game last year. Again, Mm -hmm. it's apples and oranges because that was an explosive offense with Joe Burrow under center. This one, I don't think it will be, but you never know uh, if there's a good staff to scheme for somebody like Jake Browning. It's probably, uh, you know, one of the better ones would be Zach Taylor and uh, the Callahans uh, doing their work with the run game. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it won't be easy for the Steelers and uh, that Bengals defense, Lou Anarumo, one of the best coordinators in the league right now. They've been leaking a little bit lately. They're making a change in the secondary. Jordan Battle is going to be a starting safety uh, next to Dax Hill, taking over for Nick Scott from Penn State. So uh, maybe that'll fix some of what ails them, but I don't think it's going to be easy for this Steelers offense. Yes, they'll try to continue to lean on the run game. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, um, Check it out on the website and in the Sunday paper. I've got a feature on Jalen Warren coming out. It was really fun to learn more about him and his his backstory as he rises to prominence uh, over these last few weeks, enjoying a breakout second season. But the Bengals know that. They're going to try to make Kenny Pickett beat them. And as we talked about in the first segment, hasn't been doing a very good job of that lately, stressing opposing defenses and secondaries. But all that said, should I give a prediction, Chris? That's where I was going next. What's your final score prediction? How how does this game look to you? Yeah, so the Bengals have allowed more than 20 points two times in a row. The last time that's happened to them three games in a row, has uh, it's been more than a year. So Anarumo tends to get things right defensively, uh, even when some holes spring up. So I don't think the Steelers are going to break out offensively in the first game under Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan. And things could get rocky at times. But I do think they score enough to beat a Jake Browning offense. I'm going to go Pittsburgh 17, Cincinnati 10. 17-10. I have it 23-13 Steelers. I think that they get a few things going for them. I think the biggest thing is that, again, the Bengals have not stopped the run this year. And that's the one thing that's going right now for the Steelers. They have three straight games of rushing for over 160 yards ever since that Broderick Jones became a consistent starter. And I think with with Eddie Faulkner as your new OC, being the the running backs coach, being the guy who's been all a part of the running game, I think that's what you're going to see the Steelers lean on in this game and that yield the big results that they need. But we'll see. It's a shame that uh, Bengals linebacker Jermaine Pratt won't to get won't get to see a Matt Canada offense again. He was the guy last was it last year or the year before who said they're running the same things over and over. And then Canada's like, oh, we've got a little bit of a history. They were at NC State together, albeit on different sides of the ball. But um, yeah, I guess uh, Pratt uh, is the, the last man standing among that duo. So we'll, we'll see if, <laughs> if he can make any plays. Their other inside linebacker, Logan Wilson, though, has been really good this year. Three picks, uh, six pass breakups, a couple forced fumbles. Kenny Pickett needs to keep his eyes peeled for Wilson. 
And the offensive line needs to get to the second level to take those linebackers out in this run game. That's Mike Gilman always seems to make plays against the Steelers, too. I mean, there he was a six, of course, a couple years ago. But uh, he'll, I'm sure he'll be on some nickel blitzes for Kenny Pickett, which we know was an issue on that first play from scrimmage last week in Cleveland. I'll say this much. The first offensive snap for the Steelers, it can't go any worse, can it? You can't almost getting a safety there against the Browns. That's what that's what cannot happen in this game. We'll see how this game plays out. Brian, Jerry, Ray, they'll be our team in Cincinnati covering this game. 1 p.m. kickoff time uh, in there. We'll have our post game show with Adam and uh, Paul Zeiss going at going at it, talking about what happens in this game. And of course, Monday, I'll be here with with Ray Fittipato breaking down what did or didn't happen for the Steelers in their first game with their new offensive coordinators. Keep it here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com for all our written work. And then go to Post-Gazette Sports on your favorite podcasting app or on YouTube to get all of our, our podcast content from all of our different sports writers here. Thanks again for checking us out here. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We'll see you again here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com.